Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tapper Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the etymology department here at Car Talk Plaza. Yeah, etymology. You know, every year, after careful consideration, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Merriam-Webster Dictionary adds some new words to the English language. New words. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. None of these that I'm about to read to you will make it to the dictionary. Oh, these aren't, <laughs> these, these <laughs> but, aren't under consideration. <laughs> well, they should be under consideration. And this is from Webster's online dictionary, and they are new words suggested by readers. Okay, I'm going to give you a few examples. This, this one came from Emory in New York. Destinesia. Any idea what that means? No. A disease in which one enters another room and forgets what they came in for. <laughs> <laughs> Destinesia. I got it. Okay. Yeah, here's another one. Garage Mahal. An extreme, <laughs> an extremely large house with its primary distinguishing characteristic being an oversized three or four or more car garage to hold SUVs, minivans, and sports cars. A garage, garage Mahal. Mahal. <laughs> Love it. That's from Lawrence Singh from Ohio. And here's one from Mike Schrock from Georgia. A molassicist. You got it? I, I think one, I do. One who derives pleasure from making processes painfully slow. Example, <laughs> I went to the DMV today to get my license, and the guy at the counter was a total molassicist. <laughs> Love it. Here's one we can use when you're around. This was sent in by Catherine from Texas. I don't think I'm going to like this. In advance, I know I'm not going to like it. Go ahead. Flat you glance. <laughs> the, the glance given by someone who recognized that someone else nearby has farted. <laughs> Flat you glance. <laughs> Here's one you'll get the meaning of immediately from Miriam in New York. Winternment. Ah, got it? Winternment? I, I do. The state of being forced to spend month after month inside due to lousy weather. <laughs> those are beauties. Winternment. And I, I think the vast majority of those should certainly be in the dictionary, and I'm going to course. start using them. Yeah. I like every one of them. <laughs> well, look. If I you like flat you glance the best. <laughs> I knew you what would. was that? <laughs> not, even, not even a word need be spoken. Just a look. Just a look. But look, if your car has been forcing you to come up with new words or, or just some oldies but goodies, give us a call. We're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. This is Millie from Tallahassee, Florida. How are you guys doing today? We're great. What's going on? How can we help you? I have a 2005 Pontiac Grand Prix. Uh-huh. And the only problem I have is I've noticed that in the mornings primarily, when I go to accelerate from a from a stop, from a light, from a turn, anything like that, the car makes a noise like a sewing machine. It goes, and then it stops after I get going good. And, and is Any the, ideas? Is the car moving while it's doing this? Yes. And does it move at the regular rate? I mean, is it going slower or faster than no, it ought to be? No, it's not like it's hesitating or anything. It's, it's just it's, making a ridiculous noise. Yeah, and it literally sounds like what it what it sounds like when I'm revving up my sewing machine to make some curtains or something. And the harder you accelerate, the more likely you are to get the noise. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if you sit there and just idle the engine, mm-hmm. you don't get any of this noise. No. Okay. And, and and I don't normally get it like when I get in my car after lunchtime. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's something to do with when the car is cold. Aha! But it really doesn't get that cold. Like, even this is not like just winter months. Like, now that it's already in the like, 90s here, it still will do it. It, it is. It does have to do with cold because cold is, is relative. And don't forget, the underhood temperature is going to go to several hundred degrees, maybe three or four hundred when, you know, when the engine is really cranking out all that heat and, and the ambient temperature is high. But when you first start it, it's much, much colder than that. Right. What I think is happening is you have either a loose belt or a uh, uh, you know worn belt or a loose or, or ineffective belt tensioner, and this car has one belt that runs everything. And when you accelerate hard, the belt is slipping around. Exactly, and that's what you're hearing. And then when the the thing warms up, the belt actually shrinks, and the slippage stops. Oh, because it tightens it up. Right, and that's why when you come out for lunch, what time do you have lunch? Like twelve thirty. What time do you get to work? Like my brother eleven. <laughs> no, I get to work at 8.15 in the morning. 8.15? Ah. What, what do you do, Millie? Um, I shoot video for the government. 
Oh, CIA. Never oh. mind. We don't need to know because you're going to kill us. <laughs> but so you get to work, and in the four hours that you're there before you go to lunch, the engine really hasn't had enough time to cool off to let this belt stretch out. Right. And that's why it doesn't make noise at lunchtime. So now I just turn the radio up until I get to work. <laughs> well, that, you know, that works. You know, but I, you want to take it to your mechanic. Uh-huh. He will make sure that the tensioner is working, and if it is, then you need a new belt. How many miles are on this thing, by the way? Um, only twenty-one thousand. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting soon. For yeah, it is kind of soon, and I'm suggesting it's the, it's the tensioner. Yeah, me too. All so I should have that check out the belt tensioner. Yeah, the yep. car's still under warranty, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Take it back. There may be a technical service bullet. You know, rubber is one of the unique things that that actually. Uh, shrinks when it gets hot most things expand you know if you had a a, a piece of steel sitting in front of you and you warmed it up it would get bigger in every dimension but, okay but rubber shrinks so that's why the belt makes less noise when it gets warm because it actually gets shorter of course when you find out that it's not the belt you can just disregard this entire explanation okay <laughs> got it in the meantime it sounds good it does sound good and we've been fooling people like that for <laughs> and i decades. did learn something else today already that i i did discover that my husband has destination Destin oh. really? <laughs> yeah. Destinesia, yeah. Destinesia, yeah. I got to be able to diagnose him when I get home. <laughs> yeah. Well, he could have flatulence. <laughs> so even if the belt isn't really the problem, I did learn something today. Yeah. You did. That's great. I did. Well, that's that's our goal. One caller learns something. We're all set for the day now. Yeah, you should hang up now. Yeah. You know? We may. We're, we're done. <laughs> okay, you, you you squandered another perfectly good hour. Let's get the car talk. See you, Millie. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your call. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-825. Hi, Paul from Newton, Mass. Hey, Paul from Newton. Newton, Mass. Right around the corner. Yeah, Newton. 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 <laughs> What's going on in Newton? Well, I've got a uh, 1994 Ford Taurus, yeah, about sixty thousand miles. So Whoa. not really driven that oh, this, much. This must not have been uh, this must have been a relative's car. Yes. Well, it was uh, my mom who bought herself a nice brand spanking new car, and uh, I, I use this as kind of a third car. Wow. Yeah. Well, she had a brand spanking new car. Yeah, this is it. Then you took it away yeah. from her. <laughs> right. Wow. But go ahead. Well, when I uh, start up the car, I can't take it out of park. So what I need to do is turn the ignition switch slightly forward to release the um, steering wheel. And then I can start the car, and then I can shift it in the drive. Now, if I turn the key too far where it engages the electrical systems, and I shift it into neutral and then try to start the car, it won't start at all. Oh. So I, I, I've you, got, you know, something You lost me I with 94 to... Taurus. <laughs> so so you, you, you have a car. If you start it up in park... Right, you can do that, but you step on the brake, right, and then you cannot shift the thing out, out of park. park. Correct, and, and it's got a shifter on the floor or on the column. On the column. So what what do you do? Do you do you take it out of park first? Is that what you're saying? Well, I move the ignition key forward just enough, so it releases the steering lock, releases and the... releases the ability to shift. You know, so I can shift from park to neutral. Yeah. Okay. Then I start the car, and then I can move it to drive. However. If I move the key forward so that it engages the electrical systems and then move it from park to neutral and then try to start it, it won't even start. Oh. So I have to go back to park and get it sort of in the right position. Right, it. right, right, right. Okay, Paul, thanks for the call. <laughs> yeah, you already solved somebody else's problem. Today. Yeah, we're, for the hour, we're right? one for one. I mean, we're about, to, we're about to go to 500 here right on the second call. Okay. No, I, well, I think what's what seems to be wrong, first of all, it should start in neutral regardless. Of, yeah, that's confusing And, and I think that may be the crux of the problem. I think that the shifter may be out of adjustment. And, that, and this guy, I don't know if this is done with a cable. Okay, so I'm assuming that... That when you're when it says you're in neutral, you're not in neutral. Here's what I'd like you to do. Okay. Try to start it in neutral by holding the the shifter with your left hand, okay. and at and the same then time turn the key. Holding the key, but you're going to move the shifter north and south of neutral. Okay. While and you're holding the key. At some point, my my brother is guessing it'll start. Okay. You know, so that that may be part of the problem, but I don't understand why you should have difficulty. Getting it, so you start up and you can't not get it out of park, right? Because that may be that may be a different issue altogether. Interestingly enough, three months ago it just stopped happening. Oh, and then uh, like literally within the past two weeks, it started being a problem. It came well, back. You know, uh, you know, I think 
I'm going to have to, I think there's an answer here on the wheel of misfortune, and I'm going to give it a spin for you, Paul, because I think I, I, I if we get lucky here, it'll come up. Okay. Okay, here so we go. get a spin. Oh, this, this, you get the wheel. Okay. You get the yeah, wheel. Get oh, yeah, the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're stuck, the wheel saves us. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. You know, <laughs> this is perfect. See, it, it almost landed on the one I was hoping it landed on. This yeah. This is bad motor mount. I like that. <laughs> what it actually landed on was the thermostat. <laughs> and I'm having a little trouble making the thermostat a problem because it doesn't start. <laughs> it seems to me. You know, from the evidence that we have here, that your your problem is that the the shift cable is out of adjustment, and it could be because you have a bad motor mount. But it's there's something that's preventing you from from picking the gears that you want, even though it's it, it says that you're in the gear that you want. Right. It really isn't, and that's why it won't start in neutral. But try to start it in neutral by moving the the shifter, okay. and it, while it may tell you that you have a bad neutral safety switch, I think it's more likely to be telling you that the thing is out of adjustment. All right. And you have to take it back to the dealer and they'll fix it. I'd return it to your mother. Tell her you don't want the car. You want your money back. Trade, trade her in for the new car, right? What's, what's she driving now? Uh, Lexus. Lexus. Oh, oh, that's nice. Well, you'll never get that away from her. No. Yeah. Good luck, man. Thanks. See you later. Appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. 888 Car Talk. Well, he might in 2017. He might. 2278. <laughs> Hi, this is Danielle from Olympia, Washington. Hi, Danielle. You know, Danielle. I, just, I was just thinking. That, you know, sometimes when parents have a car and, and their kids want that car, you know, they, they talk to them, you know, yeah, you really shouldn't be driving this. It's not the right car for you. It's too fast. It's unsafe. My brother has never owned a car that anyone would try to get away from. <laughs> right? The well, cars you have. No one's tried to get my MG away from me. The Dodge Dart. The Dodge Dart. Yeah. The, the Chevy. No one ever tried Chevy to Caprice. Get... Chevy Caprice. With the oh. raccoons living in the back. Oh, the Chevy Caprice. Yeah, no one tried. We tried to get that away from you so you wouldn't get diseased. <laughs> anyway, Danielle. Hi. Where are you up? from? Where are you from? Olympia, from, uh, Washington. Oh, Olympia, Washington, yeah. What's going on? Um, well, I have a 92 Honda Civic that has had the check engine light coming on for some time now and has also had black liquid dripping from the tailpipe. Well, a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I had noticed something hanging from the tailpipe so we started pulling on it, and it ended up being what looked like long, black, greasy long hair. Long, black hair. Yeah. yeah. Like my brother's. <laughs> well, yeah, was. <laughs> well, my, my husband thinks somebody was just playing a prank and shoved a weak hair up there, and we pulled it out, and the problem's gone. But I think we're losing something vital from the car, and we should take it into the, yeah. the mechanic. <laughs> yeah, well, cars do lose their hair when they get old. I lost my hair. What, what's uh? Uh, uh, you said the problem's gone. The hair is gone or the check engine light is gone? The check engine light still comes on, and it mainly comes on when I'm going downhill, it seems. I rather doubt the issues are related. I okay. don't think so either. You know, but uh, how many miles are on this car? There's got to be a jillion on it. 160,000. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. And we've not treated it very kindly. Um, oh, no, you yanked its hair out the other day. I mean, <laughs> right off. We know you guys are animals. <laughs> yeah. The two things are not related. Okay. Uh but what's coming out the tailpipe is the sound deadening material they put in in the muffler. Oh, and it, okay. It, it, and it, it it is not. We've been we've been assured that it is not human hair. <laughs> it kind of looked like it. But it looks it does look it looks just pretty like darn it. close. In yeah. fact, I've been tempted to to fashion a hairpiece for myself. <laughs> it's nice because it's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Right. I don't know how much you pulled out, but it's, it's... It was quite a bit. It was a little scary. Yeah. So you got all of that out. It, does the car sound louder now? Uh, I haven't noticed anything, now. That's great. That's great. <laughs> it is great. You don't have to worry about a thing. Well, <laughs> just keep driving. Yeah, at some point, you, you'll have a hole in the muffler, and you replace it, and you'll notice it sounds quieter, but I don't think... It would be nice to know why the check engine light is on, though. Yeah. But, but you're only going to find that out by going to the shop. And, and they could find out, for example, that that it's it's related to a restriction in the exhaust system. Okay. Does the car seem at, at all underpowered? No, but it's a four-cylinder, so it never seemed like it ever had any power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's got 160,000 miles on it. Yeah, well, take it in. I mean, you might you, the check engine light could be on for a thousand different reasons, yeah. not the least okay. of which is a bad oxygen sensor. Yeah, and and, it's always good to know what that is. But we shouldn't worry about the hair. I wouldn't worry no. about the hair. I stopped worrying about it years ago. Okay. You know, so rest assured, your car will be fine. Well, I need you to do me one favor. Yeah. You need to say that I was right and my husband was wrong. 
Oh, because you knew it wasn't an animal that it, that had been stuffed up right. the tailpipe. Right. Oh, oh no, you're absolutely right, and he's okay, absolutely you. wrong. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Is there a dinner or something riding on this, or, or, or yeah, could you certify it and send it to my address? Well, could you we'll send the it. dinner to us first? <laughs> <laughs> right. See you, Danielle. Good luck. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, now, I have to admit, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of asking you if, if you remember last week's puzzle, only to be confronted week after week with the same negative response. Well, I don't like it either. You know, the relentless negativity, i got to tell you, it, it's getting to me. Well, me too. Do you remember the puzzler? No. Do you remember the puzzler? No. Remember the puzzle? No, no, no. That's all I ever hear is no. Yeah, well, let's try something different. Exactly. Something more positive. Yeah. So, Tommy, did you forget last week's puzzler? Yes. I thought so. <laughs> well, it was the famous Aunt Bertha puzzler. Oh, we had an Aunt Bertha? <laughs> no, not really. But it was an historic, folklore, and forensic puzzler. And we'll have the whole story and more of your car questions in just a minute. So please stay tuned. And even though four out of five NPR employees say they'd rather have an unnecessary colonoscopy than have to listen to <laughs> us say it, this is NPR National Public Radio. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the answer to last week's puzzle. Mm. This was sent in by a fellow named Larry Gordon. When I was a kid, Larry writes, I always looked forward to Christmas visits from my Aunt Bertha. She was always fun, and every year she gave me the same present, two pairs of hand-knitted wool socks. We lived in San Diego, and I didn't really <laughs> need wool socks, but it was the thought that counted, you know? <laughs> in 1951, when I was 10, our folks told me that Aunt Bertha would not be coming for Christmas. She wasn't feeling well, and at her age, the trip was difficult. I kind of sensed that this was pretty much the end of the wool socks era, and I was right. It was also the end of Aunt Bertha. Before the week was out, she had passed away. Oh. When the county medical examiner filled out her uh, death certificate, he, of course, had to list the cause of death. Now, I can't be 100% sure, but I think that Aunt Bertha could well have been the last person in the United States to officially die of this cause. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now, there were many Americans who died of the same thing the previous year, okay, and in the years prior to that. But none after. The question is, what did Aunt Bertha die of? That's excellent. Yeah. Well, Aunt Bertha died of a rare disease yeah. called yeah. old age. <laughs> but starting in 1952, I guess, the, the Bureau of Health Statistics, which is part of the CDC, decided that you couldn't just die of old age. You had to have a reason. Like you fell on your knitting needles or got hit by a bread truck or you, you know, Something like that. There had to be an official. There were hundred. I think they listed 130 official reasons that were better than better than old age. Old age. So they wanted everyone to be pigeonholed. You know, yeah. they didn't want you to just die because you you were bored. Died of boredom. <laughs> old age. No, no, you had to die from something. So, Aunt, so Aunt Bertha, because she died, you know, a week after Christmas, she could have died like at 11:59 on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. She could have been the last person in 1951 to have died of old age. I, I'm not sure I agree with that. What do you, you, you know Aunt Bertha? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think you can die of old age because everything goes wrong at once. No, no. What do you do? Pick something out of the hat? You can die of old age, but they won't let you. They won't let you. <laughs> the government won't let you do it anymore. It, yeah. you got to pick something. you got to pick something. In fact, when you're about 75, they send you a flyer. You know, pick, <laughs> yeah. pick what would you like to die of? <laughs> <laughs> when we could arrange it. <laughs> <laughs> do we have a winner, by the way? We certainly do. The winner this week is Dan Cooper from Locksper, Locksper, 
Really? That's yes. cute. California. And for having his answer selected at random from among all the correct answers that we got, Dan gets a $26 gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division at CartDoc.com, which he can use to get our new deck of puzzler cards. 75 colorful, oversized cards with a car talk puzzler on each one. Perfect for those long trips in the car or for shimming up wobbly tables. Yes, and I've been using this deck of cards on a regular <laughs> basis to repurpose old puzzlers. <laughs> anyway, we'll have a new puzzler coming up in the third half of the show, so don't abandon the radio just yet. In the meantime, we invite you to call us with your car problems, and we'll try not to make them worse. But no promises. <laughs> no promises. No. Our number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hi, this is Katie from Philadelphia. Hi, Katie. Katie. How are you guys? Well, we, we're well. How are you? Excellent. What's, um, what's, uh, what's troubling you? Well, I just purchased a 99 Subaru Legacy Outback. Mm -hmm. And um, it has a problem where when you shift into drive from park or from reverse and you press on the gas, the engine will rev, and it won't engage immediately. Oh. So I'll be revving the engine for a little while, and all of a sudden it'll engage, and it'll go forward. Boom. And Boom. this is an issue because I live in Philadelphia, and I have to parallel park all the time. So ah. if you have it um, in drive, and all of a sudden you have the gas pedal pressed in a bit, yeah. you lunge into the car in front of you. Has so, it been doing this since you bought it? Um, it's been doing it since about a week after I bought it, and I took it back to the dealership. Yeah. And um, what they did is they flushed the transmission fluids because they talked to the Subaru dealership, and they said that this has been an issue before. Um, yeah, and they flushed it because they wanted to take the sawdust out <laughs> the day before you bought it because they figured if, if someone else took it apart, they yeah. wouldn't want any evidence of the sawdust in there. You know, They're waiting for me Not to that there's anything in. wrong with it. I mean, sawdust has... Sawdust works. <laughs> Well, it worked for a little bit, but um, it started up again. So they again. thought, be, by flushing it out, I'm assuming they thought that there was some sticky valves in the transmission. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah it sounds worse than that. How many miles are on this thing? 60,000. Oh, yeah. practically and, well, brand one new. One thing that was a little weird, a little fishy when I bought the car, was that it had been sitting in a dealership for about a year before it was Is sold. Is that dealership in Louisiana? <laughs> Actually, it was Indiana, but that was a good guess. Indiana. But uh, did you buy this from a Subaru dealer? I bought it from like a, a we sell all types of old cars dealership. Oh, it was just. It uh, was, oh, it wasn't a dealership. Oh, it, was a, it was a real, it was a, a used car lot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any any warning lights on on the dashboard? Is the transmission oil temperature light on, for example? Nope. Because that would indicate oh. that there's some fault with the transmission that may be found by the computer. If, however, the transmission is slipping, Transmission slipping. If it's if it's slipping, which is what's happening, or you have valves stuck because maybe the thing was underwater, and just because it was in Indiana <laughs> for a year doesn't mean that it didn't spend the previous six months or year underwater. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> well, I'm just you know, and and there have yeah. been a lot of cars that have kind of slipped through the cracks, and yours could be one of them. You know, if you were, you'd be a lot more cautious if you were buying this car in in one of the Gulf states. But a lot of those cars that were in the Gulf states wound up getting their titles kind of doctored up. Yeah. And, and, you know, sent to other parts of the country where unsuspecting people like you, Katie, oh. might, might buy one. Terrific. This is great news. Look for evidence of, like, fossils in the car, you know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a little shellfish in the in engine or something. But did you get a warranty from these guys you got it from? Well, it was a one-month warranty, and I brought oh. it in before that warranty was out. Oh. And they said, if this doesn't fix it, then bring it back. Yeah. So, well, that's it. You have to. And they may owe you a transmission. Oh, really? You should take it to someone else first for an estimate. Okay. And the best place to take it is a Subaru dealer. Okay. And let them drive it and let them look at it, you know, and, and, and they'll they'll hook up the scanner to it and see if it if it isn't something that can be corrected by, by replacing a solenoid, which which may in fact be the case. Okay. If they say you need a transmission rebuild, then you can go with that in hand to these guys and say, Hey guys, let's take care of this. Okay. And They're they, not gonna like it, but that's too bad. But do it before they move. Yeah, <laughs> because, I mean, they've been hoping that you wouldn't notice it in that month. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you did. Yeah, so mm -hmm. now now your warranty is, is extended. Right. Because they tried to fix it within the month, and just the fact that they couldn't doesn't doesn't exempt them. Mm -hmm. But do it be, do it before they relocate or go into the burger business. Okay. <laughs> you know, because they may decide cars are not for them, and they may start flipping burgers. Who but knows? it is a good idea to go to the dealership first okay. and get an estimate of what needs to be done. All right. 
Good luck. Do that. Thanks so much, guys. See you, Katie. All right, bye. Bye-bye. still isn't safe to buy a used car, is it? Well, it's certainly it's, not from a, a used car lot. Don't they have a bad reputation? Well, a lot of them do. Well, it's unfortunately. I don't want to. Well, I mean, look how we've dragged down the entire industry of, of people who call into shows to get advice. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, they, you, you got a couple of bad oh, yeah. car lots. <laughs> I'm sorry. I take it all back. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful where you trade. <laughs> right? A couple of used car lots. I mean, most, most used car dealers are pretty reputable. Yeah, they are. And I want to know at what point in your life, if you're a salesperson or a retiree, do you, do, you, do you decide that white shoes and a white belt look good? <laughs> I mean, do you wake up one morning and say, This I is mean, the day. There's obviously got to be a day where you didn't own white shoes. Do you own white shoes and a white belt now? Certainly not. And there may be some day in the near future where you wake up you and just say, wake up and say, I love it. After my grape nuts, I'm going right out and I'm buying white <laughs> shoes and a white belt. And that's going to that's gonna be my image from now on. Yeah. And I'm going to sell cars. How does it happen? I don't know, but it's a strange it illness. It certainly <laughs> is. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Hi, my name's John. I'm calling from San Diego. Hi, John. Hi. You don't have any white belts or shoes in your closet, do you? No white belts or shoes in my closet. <laughs> Good. Just, no. just checking. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for checking. I have, though, a Volvo 2000 uh, V40 that's uh, creating some problems, so probably more than the white belt or the white oh, shoes. Uh-huh. What's that? Well, a while back, it started to uh, make a kind of a whining noise when I would accelerate, and it would be like a, you know, kind of mm-hmm. almost sounds like a siren, and it started a while, you know, several weeks ago, kind of quietly, and then it's increased in the volume, and um, so that people on the street now, when they hear me coming, they turn to see if it's a police car or an ambulance or something, oh. so my, my t- I called into a mechanic, actually, too, and they said that it sounds like a turbo. Here you go. And I didn't uh, even know I had a turbo, quite <laughs> frankly. Yeah, you, your car has a, a low-pressure turbo. Oh? You know, I mean, yeah. and, and Volvo's... And it's not working. Well, it's, wor- <laughs> it's working, but it's it's making the noise because the bearings are shot. Yeah? Yeah. And I think they said it was going to be expensive to oh. replace that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have any kids in college? I do. You better hope they flunk out. <laughs> you're going to need the dough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my, one of my questions is, is that how essential is a turbo on that car? I mean, is there, is there the option of just, like, removing the turbo or taking it out and not replacing it? Here's the problem. When the turbo uh, fails, uh, you can't just abandon it and say, mm-hmm. well, I'll go without the turbo. Because one of the ways turbos fail is that they suck the oil out of the engine. Yeah, not a good thing. And because the turbo turns at speeds like at 250,000 RPM, they can suck the oil out pretty fast. And you wouldn't even know it. Yeah. For two seconds. <laughs> You'd wow. say, wow, engine... look at that cloud of smoke. But boom. <laughs> and, and that might be it. So yeah. it, it, this is going to cost you several thousand bucks. Wow. I think a couple of thousand bucks is, is not unusual. Well, I work as a chaplain for a hospice agency in San Diego, and I think I better get it fixed because I, when I pull up to patients' homes, I do home visits. Yeah. Oftentimes, I think the the last thing that needs to you know be in the air is the sound of a siren. But now I have to decide whether the car's worth that much at this point with 119,000 miles. So. Well, I mean, what, what what if you didn't fix it and you you can't trade the car in because they're going to hear you coming about right. 20 blocks away. You're going to have to cut the key and coast in. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll, that, I'll that, find somebody uh, at the bottom of the hill to uh, trade it in at. Yeah, yeah no, that wouldn't be behavior befitting of a chaplain. Would no, it? It certainly I, not. No, and my brother could do that, you know. But you, you, no, you, your wife might be able to do it. <laughs> well, I apologize for the thought of that, actually. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, I know you've sinned, chaplain. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. We'll forgive you. I appreciate that. And when, when, you, when you take your foot off the gas, you can still hear the whine. Is that true? As you, is, it goes way down. You can hear it barely. But it's still winding down. Yeah, yes. it, it's the turbo. Yeah, I, for a minute there, for just an instant, nah. I thought maybe it could be a, something like a bad alternator or a bad water pump, and it, I suppose it could be. Yeah. So before you condemn the turbo, in, you know, and and, and decide check to trade the car, yeah. check have someone listen under the hood. But I think that they'll agree it's the oh, turbo. Oh yeah, they'll know immediately. All right. Thank yeah. you, guys. Bring your checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, right. see you later, John. Take care. Thanks, Thanks for your, your call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 1-888-CAR-TALK. That's 
8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, uh, this is Todd in Casper, Wyoming. Hi, Todd. Todd. Casper. I, gee, I may have been to Casper, Wyoming. It is on the I-25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what and what is in Casper that I would have remembered? Oh, that no. I can't tell you. Nothing. Nothing. No. I mean, no. no, no, no landmarks. I mean, no. Well, it has a it has a big tower that kind of looks like an onion on top of it, and that's the bank. The bank. Well, that's where they put the money way up there, so no one can yeah. reach it. That's right. And I and, you, and when you get near it, you start crying. <laughs> and and what, what do you do in Casper? Uh, I'm a pastor, so you've had a chaplain, and now you have a pastor. Oh, really? Oh, okay. We're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> My wife and I just bought a uh, new 2007 uh, Hyundai Santa Fe, and oh. uh, since we're in Casper, they had to deliver us the new one on the uh, car stork, you know, that truck that carries all the new cars. Mm -hmm. It got to Casper, and then the dealership calls us and said, well, one of the cars blew out a rear windshield. The oh. good news is it wasn't yours. The bad news. Yours fell off the truck when, when this one blew up the rear windshield. Close enough. Yours was the one behind it. Uh -huh. And so glass sprayed on the hood yeah. and the headlights and on the windshield. Yeah. And they said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for, for repairing all that. And I said, great, that's wonderful. But then I looked at the windshield and it just had just little light scratches and flecks on it. Nothing major. Yeah. And, I, and I went back to a, an old car of mine. That when we took the windshield out, it just the seal was never the same. It just got more windshields time after time. Oh. And I'm thinking maybe since it's not so bad, don't replace the windshield. But I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do or not. I don't think it's the right thing to do because if the windshield is installed properly, mm -hmm. you won't have all the problems you had last time. Mm -hmm. And I think you you bought a brand new car and you should have a brand new car, and the windshield should be brand new too. Go ahead and have them replace it. There won't be any problem with the seal or anything like that. Oh, we're not saying, we're not saying that. that. <laughs> I mean, we can't promise it, but you can just keep going back until they get it right. Yeah, that's true. Oh, there you go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. say, Todd, give them hell. <laughs> How? I'm, I'm Lutheran. I don't do fire. Oh, you don't no, do no that. fire and brimstone? Yeah. yeah I, I, just, I just don't believe I deserve a new car. Oh, oh that's right, right. what it is, of course. Yeah. Well, you picked the you picked the right car. Santa Fe, you know, is a pretty good car oh. for a passenger. Oh. Yeah. That's true. The Saint. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Holy faith, I think. Right. Santa Fe means. Yeah. 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 yeah it's pretty good. Yeah. You hadn't thought about that. This was an added, added bonus. Yeah. But uh, well, I mean, I, I I agree with my brother, uh, and I I, I hate to do that. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, I do sympathize with the many people who have had windshields installed, you among them, mm -hmm. improperly. Yeah. Here's the, here's the real issue. How far away is the dealership? Oh, oh not far at all. Oh, then you oh. can go back every day and tell them to do it again. Yeah, that's true. They'll get to know my name real well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't want them to know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. I think you maybe have them do it. Okay. You might deal. as well start off with a you know a uh, new car, a new, a new, new car, car. tabula right. rasa, as they say. You know, yeah. there you go. And that's right. Get, you get a chance to put your own dents and dings and scratches on it. Exactly. Clean slate, clean windshield. Yeah, hit a guardrail that first day, and you'll forget <laughs> all about all the other things. Okay. <laughs> See you, Todd. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your call. Uh, bye bye. Look, before we take the next call, we have to take a short break. And when we come back, will we continue to pursue people's car problems with the same degree of commitment? and determination mm. or will we get serious and actually try to help somebody <laughs> i wouldn't count on that <laughs> well we will have a new puzzle when we come back yeah yeah we, we will uh uh and it, what kind is it well it's it's automotive actually okay well stay tuned we'll have the new puzzler and more of your car questions in just a minute I'm 5405 southbound County line Here again it's 5 a.m. And traffic's barely moving We're changing lanes Read a book, coffee, stay Take a bite, make a call Fix your face and do it all The pressure's up commuting Can lead only to one thing Baby, go packing much too tight I'm gonna pop the spring Oh, everybody on the road Is driving like they got it in time Back and forth, changing lanes And maybe they should you get stay. up In the morning, don't be late And then they won't be the end Stress and worry, tension to my day and even though earplug manufacturers speed up the assembly lines whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR. Ha! We're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us. Click and clack the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and of course the new puzzler, which I mentioned was yeah. automotive. And as, as frequently the case, I... 
spend the, the few days leading up to the show, uh, you know, pondering. No, and, and obfuscating. No, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to find a puzzler, you know, that's appropriate yeah. for the show. And and sure. and I, I did this this week. I did ponder a, a plethora of pathetic and potentially putrid puzzlers. <laughs> and and but I did pluck from one of them. Ooh, what a piece here! <laughs> <laughs> a potentially non putrid one, you know. So really, so he, here it is. And and I had to go all the way back to uh, to May two thousand and three. Really? Yeah, I don't know how this happened, but I, 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 I didn't. I have to do a little obfuscation. But this was sent in. Okay. The idea was sent in by a fellow named Bill Chase about four years ago. All right, I'm gonna sit here and just suck in every piece of now, information. Now, I wouldn't suck in every piece because most of it most is of it bogus. Is okay, but try to suck in the appropriate piece. I'll try to figure it out. Yeah. After 30 plus years of hard work as a pipe fitter, Joe finally retired. And he and his wife, Jane, decided it was time to see the country. Of course, the time-honored way to see this great nation of ours and the natural beauty of it is to do what? Watch it on TV, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, to, to drive it. Of course. Right? So they hit the road, and after six months and maybe 40,000 miles, they had indeed seen some sights. And boy, were their butts sore. <laughs> well, one morning... After uh, looking over the, uh, the uh, their 2001 Saturn, Joe decided it was time for some new tires. So they headed for the nearest mall where there was a tire store, Tires Are Us, and the <laughs> fellow working on the car asked Joe how many miles he had racked up on these tires. Hmm, maybe uh, 50K, said Joe, but uh, he wasn't really sure. The repairman then complimented Joe on having done a great job rotating the tires as they were all worn pretty evenly. Well, I've never rotated the tires, not oh. ever, said Joe. Wow. That's impossible, the tire jockey snapped back. Front-wheel drive cars like your Saturn always wear out the front tires much faster than the rears. In fact, usually two or three times faster if they're not rotated. So how could it be that in 40 or 50,000 miles, Joe hadn't rotated the tires, and yet they were all worn evenly? Yeah. And I'll give you a hint. While he was at the tire shop, the young fellow asked, would you like an oil change while you're here? And Joe said, oh, it's not going to need that. Now, if you yeah. think you know the answer, inscribe it on the housing of a Troy-built <laughs> big red horse garden tiller with forward rotating tines, cast iron transmission, bronze gear drive, standard electric start, full wraparound front bumper, 16-inch AG tires, 10-horsepower overhead valve engine, and a selection of heirloom tomato plants. <laughs> and send it to, or send them to, Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our Fair City. Matt 02238. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. <laughs> if you have a question about your car right now, we're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8254. Hey, Hi, who's this? This is Dan, calling from New Hampshire. Hey, Dan, what's going on? Not too much. I've got not so much a car issue, but i, I got a theory about car people and how their car says something about them. Ah. I'll give you my data set that I made my thesis on. My parents, since I was a kid, my father bought Chevys and ran them until they didn't run anymore. 200, 250,000 miles. Every once in a while, he got bold and bought a Buick instead. But uh, Oh, so he must have been one of the guys who sold my brother some cars over the years. He <laughs> <laughs> never bought be. any of his cars until they had 200000 on them. So, so it's your father's fault. My father drives him to the junkyard, so unless his brother's shopping at the junkyard, I don't think that was him. Uh, it might have been oh, it's no, exactly where he shopped. Oh, all my cars there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That but, mystery solved, but go ahead, Dan. Anyway, my father is under the belief that a car comes into its own at about 100,000 miles, and then it's a good car. Yeah. He's been married for 53 years. There's five kids in my family, three of which have adopted, including myself, have adopted his philosophy, buy a car and just run it until it uh -huh. doesn't go anymore. Uh, yeah. All happily married, one, one sister, one brother, new car every year, both divorced. So my theory is people who keep their cars longer keep their spouses longer. So. That is very, very sure. interesting. Sure, no, Dan, I, I agree that there are some people who are dissatisfied with what they have almost from the outset. And people who are willing to put up with all kinds of misery and pain, <laughs> <laughs> like a 200,000-mile Chevy. 
Yeah, they'll, we just, they'll stay like, married forever. <laughs> yeah, that's just the way it is. It's yeah, no they better can, anywhere else, right? I, I think your theory is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can see that. You're yeah, sure. I mean, if you're, so if you're willing to put up with... Uh, a 200,000-mile Chevy. Yeah, then... You've got to have a lot of patience. <laughs> So, so let me see. What if, what if, so you don't buy your cars until? What does it say about you? You buy your cars when they have two hundred thousand on them. Yeah, I don't know what that means. And, and what does it say about your willingness to, or your spouse's well, willingness to accept pain and suffering? Well, it yeah. must mean that I marry a lot of older women. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, she's well. I, I as as my I, my brother has inflicted a lot of punishment on his cars and his spouses. <laughs> and my spouses too. <laughs> Well, Dan, I like your theory. All right. I like yes, th- I do. And and I don't I don't know what it means, but I I well I suppose I suppose you can spot somebody who's likely to, to stick with you through thick and thin by, by the, the kind of driver. car that person owns. But there, there's more to be learned from this too, because my brother who got divorced, he is now driving old cars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not so by he, choice. <laughs> not by choice. Well, he may learn something from driving these old cars. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Right. He may he may learn that there's more to life. Than driving a flashy new car and or Ex- spouse. Exactly. <laughs> I think just for the heck of it, we should put this little theory up on the website uh-huh. and give Dan credit for it. And we'll ask people what their positions are and whether or not they agree with his theory. Just how long you've been married and how many miles on your car. Yeah. I can just see it now. You may be in line for an honorary PhD in sociology from UNH. There you go. So don't <laughs> do anything for the next couple of there. weeks. They may be calling. There you go. Brush off your cap and gown. <laughs> All right. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks for your call, you, Dan. Dan. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I love it. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Rebecca from Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Hey, how are you? Uh, uh, great. Greenville, huh? Yep. Well, that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Yes. So what's on what's on your mind, Rebecca? Well, I was wondering why I have a 2002 Ford Escape that I've had for about three years. And mm-hmm. whenever I use the air conditioning, it, my eyes start to sting and burn, and I can barely see from whatever's being blown in my eyes. And I'm just wondering if you guys know maybe why it's doing that and if there are any filters or anything I can add to prevent it. Hmm. And this happens when? When you use the AC? Yep, just when I use the AC. Is there any aroma associated with this? No. Mm-mm. No? No. <laughs> there goes three answers that we had. <laughs> I mean, I know there's pollen, a lot of pollen in my area, but I don't understand why it would happen only in the car, not in my house or not yeah. outside. Well, because don't forget, the, the air conditioner, uh, even though you can direct the flow of air, is primarily blowing the stuff right in your kisser. Right. And I don't believe that your vehicle has a cabin air filter. Okay. And a lot of vehicles are coming through now with a cabin air filter, so it may, in fact, be the pollen. I, I mean, it's kind of logical that it would do it, considering it's blowing pollen in my face, but I was hoping there was something I could add to it that would stop it, because it's really... Oh, you were oh. hoping that there was something you... You could spray in the uh, in the vents, or like a little filter I could put in, or have someone put in. I probably wouldn't do it. Well, you know, you you could try uh, opening well, the windows, <laughs> but that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, it, I know, I know. It's unfortunate, isn't it? You it could, lets the hot air in. You could try wearing one of those full, you know, headgear uh, gas masks. Well, I, I have one, so oh, good. <laughs> I'm already equipped. No, I have to say it's very unusual. Well, I mean, my eyes get irritated all the time in the in the uh, in pollen season. In the car? Well, everywhere. But it seems if I'm in the car long enough, mm-hmm. and I have the AC on long enough, my symptoms will diminish. Well, actually, now that you say that, I think I noticed that too. Because I think what happens is when I first turn it on, it's blowing all that stuff in my face. Right. Because all that stuff is settled in the ducts. And it's blowing yeah. it in my face, and then I and I'm itchy, and I'm going crazy, and then right. after a while, it's I don't know what either I've gotten used to it or the or there's no more getting in there, mm. and everything settles down, and the lower temperature seems to uh, make my condition get better. Maybe I have to start the car up a little bit early. Has it has it done this since day one? Yeah. Yeah. It has. Yeah. Cause well, what, can I ask a question? Sure. What is this AC that you guys? Are oh doing? yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> What Man, does that down mean? here, you really need it. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy's car not only does not have AC, it does not have heat either. No. 
Yeah, I mean, you you may have you may have mold doing this. Oh. You know. Yeah. But I, I I'd be surprised if it's mold. Should I have someone look at it? You might. You want to call in the mold team. The mold removal <laughs> squadron. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there are lots of things you can spray. You know, there there's the all the air that enters the cabin comes in right in front of the windshield through the the cowl there. You know, okay. where, where the windshield wiper blades are, and you can you can spray stuff in there that will that will kill the mold. Okay. And we we use a product called Friggy Fresh. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the brand name of the stuff, and I don't know what actually is in it. Uh, there's a warning on the thing not to breathe too much of it, but we don't care because we're not in the cars. It's the passengers. <laughs> no, it's 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 safe, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if it is pollen, especially if it seems to go up and down with the seasons. Yeah. yeah. Because mine certainly does. I If I paid really close attention, I probably would discover that. Yeah. And Tommy's thing will work well to open the windows. All <laughs> right. Hang your head out like a golden retriever. I think I'll try the Friggy Fresh. Maybe that'll do it. All yeah, right. Good, fresh. good luck, Rebecca. Thank you both. Thanks for your call. Bye. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Ray and Tom, this is Rod from the Black Hills of South Dakota. What's happening, man? My problem is this. About 14 months ago, my daughter thinks I had a midlife crisis, and I went out and bought a brand-new Honda S2000. And it's it's been a great car, and for 14 months, I've only put about 2,000 miles on it. Really? Really? Not much of a crisis. No. My crisis is six weeks ago, I was at home cooking dinner, and I got a call from one of the companies I do business with, and I won a Porsche Boxster. Oh! And it's not a new one. It's a, <laughs> either a 1999 or 2000. <laughs> what kind of what kind of chiseling prize is that? You won. Nissenbaum's gonna have you win one of them too. <laughs> well, my problem is this: I don't need two sports cars. Which one should you get rid of? Yes, and keep in mind, I'm not a car fixer-upper. If I can change a flat tire without damaging a car and going to the ER, I consider that a good yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. I uh, uh, another. Uh, problem here we just purchased a smart car for my business ah. so you're gonna have one smart car one dumb car and one kind of middle car <laughs> so i'm wanting to sell one of the sports cars to offset the cost of the smart car yeah what what's what's so this boxster is like you think it's a six-year-old boxster well it's either 1999 or 2000 oh okay so, so it's, it's seven, seven or eight. eight yeah and it's in mint condition yeah and it only has twenty-five thousand miles on. have you driven it yet no, it's it's in another city, and we got to go get it. Well, you got to go drive it, because it may change your life. But uh, I don't need two cars. That I guess no, I'm no, a businessman. No, no, no. If you, if what? it if it looks like it's going to change your life because you love it so much, <laughs> you're going to have to sell well, the Honda. When you got the news, was it was it a telegram or was it an email or a phone call? How did phone you, call? A phone call. Someone said, "Hey, Rob, you're not going to believe it." You won an eight-year-old boxer. <laughs> was, the, was the first word out of your mouth, yippee? Well, they didn't say eight-year. They said I won the car. Oh, then you said yeah. yippee. <laughs> okay. And then when did they when did they divulge to you that it could be as many as eight years old? Well, I, I called the next day to get all the information on it. Yeah. Did they tell you to come with a tow truck? <laughs> no. Now, in Rapid City, we have a Honda dealership, so yeah. I can get my Honda service, but there's no Porsche dealership oh. here, and I guess I'm looking at it purely as a business. Oh, well, that's a big issue. If you can't get it serviced, you might... And where where, where is the thing right now? It's in Rapid... Well, I'm in Rapid City, and the car is in Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean, you could sell it to someone who lives in Minneapolis. My brother has all kinds of friends living in Minneapolis yeah. that might be interested in it. My friend Les Block lives in Minneapolis, and he's looking for a car. Well... The, the supplier up there wants me to, they're storing it in a warehouse, and i got to get it out of there. So they're wanting me to yeah. get it out of there, and I was just going to get it back to Rapid and put it on eBay, or the Honda on eBay. From the way you guys sound, I should keep the Honda and get rid of the Boxster. Yeah, the Honda's not likely to be any trouble. The Boxster could be nothing but trouble. Do so you want to buy a Porsche? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you, if you have to go to Minneapolis anyway to get the car out of the warehouse... That it's located yeah. in. You you might as well drive it around for a day or two. You might as well. Can you get a temporary plate? Uh, they they've given us yeah some plates for fifteen days or something. Perfect. Oh, perfect. You drive it around for a week, put an ad in the newspaper if you decide to sell it, and sell it on the spot. 
That's what I'll do. All right, that's what good, I do. Good luck, Rod. Thank you, gentlemen. I, see you later. Just... No, that's. I should say that's what I would do if I were you. If I were me, I wouldn't do that. No, I. We know that. We know that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it's happened again. You've squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer is Doug, the subway fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin, the Barbarian, and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug, the Old Gray Mayor. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from the Monterey, Pork Filet, Fig Puree, Cassoulet, Duck Flambe, Cabernet, Chew and Sway is John Bugsy Lawler. <laughs> our public opinion poster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin of Error. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our staff orthopedist is Denise Hoyt. Our wardrobe advisor is Luke Howard Fitzhugh. Our Ralph Cramden impersonator from the Dubai office is Mohammed Ahmed Ahmeda. <laughs> our cabinet maker is L. Ron Cupboard. <laughs> our physics graduate student is Laura Venertia. Our music director is Mel F. Lewis. Our travel coordinator is Althea Around. Our feng shui consultant in Mumbai is Rhea Ranjit. Our safari planner is Sarah Ann Getty. Our Russian chauffeur is Peekoff and Dropoff. Our optometric firm is CFI Care. Guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn. And the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey Chidman Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to the jaywalkers with pedestrian rage in Harvard Square as Huey Louie Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And remember this, if you do nothing else, don't drive like my brother. Yeah, don't drive like my brother. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. CDs of the show, which is number 720, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the Shameless Commerce Division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, did you know that your car can affect your health? Absolutely. My MGTD has affected my health in a very positive way. Uh, how's that? I mean, every time I push it, I get a full-body <laughs> workout. <laughs> Actually, I was talking about chemicals that are used inside your car to make dashboards, steering wheels, door handles, and the like, and some of it is serious stuff. Yeah, and you can see how your car's interior stacks up all week at the Safe Driving Zone at CarTalk.com. Talk is a production of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe and WBUR in Boston. And even though Rupert Murdoch changes his mind and decides not to buy NPR <laughs> when he hears us say it, this is NPR, National Public Radio.